Welcome to the DLR Library Podcast, Need to Read. Recommended reads from those in the know. Hello, my name is Hayley and I'm here with Steve Denehan. Steve is a poet, you're very welcome. Hi, thanks a million Hayley, thanks for having me. Um, so you're here to talk about Bukowski today. Mm. Um, Bukowski is, was a very prolific writer. Um, over 60 books um, with poems, short stories, and, and then six full-length novels. Um, some people would describe him as a, an American legend, king of the underground, a maverick. He's, he's one of those writers whose reputation precedes him. Um, I've seen him referred to as the godfather of low-life <laughs> literature as well. Um, so maybe you could explain a little bit about him for those for those of us who haven't read him and, and what kind of drew you to his books? Sure. Um, yeah, he would be, he, he kind of has a polarized kind of reputation. He, he, people love him or hate him. There, there's very few people who kind of think he's all right. It, he, he has a devoted following, but he also has a devoted uh, pool of people who, who really despise him, you yeah. know. Um, but he's a, an interesting character, as you say, extremely prolific. Uh, I, I don't know of any any writer, any poets, certainly who, who has published 60 odd volumes of poetry. Um, and, and they're not small, you know, yeah. not, they wouldn't be chapbooks, they're serious, you know, two to 300 pages. I mean, he's. And even after he died, they were still. Oh, they kept on yeah. coming. He actually left uh, a huge amount of, of poetry to be released, to, to, to continue to be released after his death. And it's still, I, I think there's still more to come, you Why? know, it's still going. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, at one point um, now, I, I'm sure. He was prone to exaggeration, but he, he mentioned at one point he had a, a seven-foot uh, tall stack of, wow. of poetry. <laughs> so who knows? But, um, so yeah, he really fired them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he kept on going. He, it was kind of his whole thing. He, he, didn't, he, he kind of consciously avoided becoming part of any system, and, and he just, his, his, his kind of evenings or his, his, day, his days would be, he would sleep kind of, during most of the day, get up sort of afternoon, evening, and then he would write continually uh, through the night. He, he seemed to enjoy writing at night, but he would write every, every day, as far as I could tell. And yeah. it wouldn't be one poem, it would be right. reams of poems. Yeah. Did he edit or he just kept going? No, he, 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 he wasn't a big, massive fan of, of editing, which is why I, I love him, actually. Um, I find that an awful lot of poetry is edited to the point where the poems are lost, or certainly the heart of the poem is gone. But he, he let it kind of, maybe people would argue he could have edited a little bit more. Now, he had editors, um, and they probably polished off a little bit yeah. what, what he had uh, written. But a lot of his stuff would have been um, his feelings about uh, his own life and, and maybe society right there and then. And they would be kind of unleashed onto the page, and that would be it then. He wouldn't revise them. He would hand them off to an editor, and they would make some changes, um, maybe, but really when you read what, what he writes, you're getting a very, very strong flavour of the person, um, and it's not diluted by constant revisions, and uh, which is what I, I really strongly feel that poetry is a victim of, of a huge victim of um, revisions and editing and uh, polish. I think polish is, is, is a big enemy of poetry, but I would be in the minority that there, uh, Bukowski certainly believed that 
polish was was no good. He wanted it, you know, mm-hmm. his thoughts, warts and all, on the page and and read as 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 he wrote them, you know. Yeah, I think that was his his kind of method. Let's just do as much as I can, throw it at the wall, see what sticks, mm-hmm. and he'll eventually like he'll appear out of it. Yeah, um, yeah. that's a fact. Yeah, and there would be, you know, um, since his his death, uh, there would be a lot of. Of, of poetry that has been released that wouldn't be of the standard of, of his, say, his, his good stuff. Um, and it's purely because people are just trawling through his, his archives and, and what, what has been found by old acquaintances or correspondence and stuff like that. And it's, it's released as was, as mm-hmm. written, and, and that's okay because you're, you're still, it's still an important piece of now historical uh, literary, li- uh, literary figure. Um, but yeah, a lot of stuff, like you say, a lot of stuff was fantastic. A lot of stuff didn't stick and yeah. is, has still now been released. And while it is fascinating, it wouldn't be as good as, as the, the kind of the main stuff. You yeah. Know? Have you read a lot, a lot of his poetry? Yeah, I would have. Um, I would have. I started, I, I, I find poetry difficult to read. Um, I don't really enjoy it, uh, mostly because it seems to be willfully um, complicated and... and I, I, I like what I read to feel real and yeah. poetry to me for, for, for a huge amount of the time doesn't really feel real. It feels too studied and too crafted and too polished. And because of that, I knew of Bukowski as a poet for a long time, but I didn't actually read his poetry for years. Um, I read his fiction first, which I think is probably the reverse of most people. Most people find his poetry first and then go into his fiction um, or his non-fiction really which is what most of his fiction was uh, because he, he tended to write about himself uh, through another character he called mm-hmm. uh, his alter ego Henry Chinaski um, and his novels would be about Henry Chinaski but really about himself but I found him through his novels um, yeah. which probably um, maybe 20 years ago maybe more 25 years ago but I, I started reading then and they really, really hit home uh, to me because, and we would have no similarities whatsoever uh, in terms of our lives and, and our backgrounds, but his sense of, uh, let me see, his disaffectation with society and how he felt people could be kinder to other people and how uh, he felt um, he hated to be beholden to, to the man, to, to, to yeah. the government, to the, you know, he wanted to be free and live his own way, and um, he felt completely constricted by this sort of norms of society. And at the time, I, I was in he, his his main novel. It's called Post Office, and it's a, it's a fascinating book about being in a kind of a, a nine to five type, very mundane, very repetitive job. And at the time, yeah. I was in a nine to five, okay. very mundane, very <laughs> repetitive job. So that was the the correlation. I I would have enjoyed his thoughts and I would relate it to him and his, his ideas, even though what he did outside the job yeah. was extremely different to what I was doing outside the job, you know? Yeah. Do you think people sort of live vicariously through him as well? Cause he's yeah. kind of boozy um, volatile. Um, ang- is he angry? Would you say, or is it that kind of, it's a huge anger there. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He was a volcano and uh, yeah, people definitely. And I, I would have too lived, I, don't, I have no interest in reading about people like yeah. me. Um, every single thing I read, I don't even really like Irish literature because 
I'm Irish. I live here. I know the deal. Yeah. I love reading about totally separate people, totally different experiences and stuff, obviously. And he would have been polar opposite to me as a person. Um, and he would have had a hell of a lot of anger, mostly created and, uh, from his, his childhood and, and how he was raised. But he, um, yeah, he, was, he did it all. He was a huge drinker. Yeah. Drugs in there as well. And he would have, he would have treated women horrifically. He would have treated yeah. men horrifically. He would have treated people really terribly. Equally and, horrifically. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's fascinating I did, yeah. to read about that, you know. My perception of him bef- would have been, until I've sort of looked into him before I met you, um, sort of a boozy hellraiser, which is fine, mm-hmm. but but maybe sleazy and, and misogynistic. Very much so. <laughs> as yeah. well. And, and I didn't read him, not because I'm, I'm easily offended I don't think, um, I think more because I felt like he was writing for men and I kind of thought, okay, that's for um, male readers. Um, but I am open to the fact that he could be being satirical, about that kind of character. Yeah, he would argue that everything he wrote was kind of satire, but I, I, I kind of look at, at his, his poetry in three separate parts and he actually, I, I would say, Critically, well, critically, he was, it was kind of shunned to a point. Um, and then because he was deemed to be writing offensive material at one point, um, nowadays it would be quite tame, I, I would say. But um, the critics didn't like him, first of all, because he was writing in, in kind of layman's terms a lot of the time. Uh, secondly, because the material would have been deemed offensive. And thirdly, then eventually he became very successful. That drove people bananas because... Yeah. He was the one person who shouldn't have been successful. He didn't spend a week on a poem, a month on a poem. Yeah. You know, he didn't revise and go bananas over a comma or whatever. He just let it go. So it seemed to come easy to him and, and that was, was kind of resented. But the, the stuff that he would have written, I would have said, was in three parts. Uh, the first part, I always felt he was trying to be kind of a lyrical poet and somebody who was overly descriptive and, and maybe a bit showy with how he wrote. And um, then he dropped poetry for quite a while and came back to it 10 years later. And when he came back to it, I found or I felt that it be, he became more honest and, and he wrote from uh, his stomach and his heart. And, and I thought uh, at the middle period, which was probably the period he's most known for, was unbelievably strong poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, and but that, that would have been the kind of low life years at the time he would have been sort of often nearly homeless, living in squalor, happy to be in that squalor, funny yeah. enough, and uh, drinking every penny he had, um, and then would write about the adventures that came as a result of the drinking. But my favourite period, which is probably his least critically acclaimed period, I would say, is the, what I would say, is the third period where he mellowed and he left that life behind him. He settled to a point, which is something he never thought he would. He had a, a daughter. He... he um, Eventually found, I uh, don't know if he would even admit with being loved, but he found uh, somebody stable and they lived together for the last part of his life. <laughs> somebody yeah. stable. Yeah. That's it. He seemed to magnet. He was lightning. Uh, or he would, he would uh, draw people and he would be drawn to people who were completely unstable for his whole life. And then yeah. he found uh, uh, Linda. Uh, I got married, but um, he settled down and, and they became relatively sort of domesticated but uh that period of time when really i think creative people seem to 
peak early and then try and cling to those brilliant years for the rest of their time. Yeah. I felt he, he kind of peaked a little bit later maybe. And those that third period of his writing career, I felt had that balance of still there was anger, but mm. there was a kind of a mellow uh, feeling throughout it. And also a gigantic sensitivity appeared in his last third uh, of his writing. And right up until he died, um, that sensitivity is right there in, in nearly every poem. And there's, he suddenly begins to speak about love. He falls hopelessly in love with sort of cats. And oh, he has right. like a dozen cats around him. It at, can't at be bad. Life. Yeah, strange, yeah. you know. But it's, it's an yeah. interesting transition he made from one to the other to the other. Three different kind of periods, I would say, um, yeah. to his writing. I'll just chalk him off as a lovable rogue. <laughs> I don't know about lovable, but he was a rogue for sure, yeah. Um, so he, he, he definitely has a cult following. I, I read mm. that people would call him up and just like show up at his house yeah, in yeah. Los Angeles. That's it. Um, and he, I, I don't think he wanted them to, but he obviously had that kind of effect on people that they, they wanted to be around him. Yeah. Personality. I think, like, I think, um, again, from my personal opinions, <laughs> my personal opinion of a great writer is somebody that you can relate to and maybe feel like you could have a conversation with or at least have a conversation with the characters they create um, and he would have been so easy for so many people who felt disaffected especially in American society and in, in particularly in, in times where um, life wasn't so easy and money wasn't really that prevalent and uh, so many people read his his writing and, and felt he was talking directly to them which I think mm. is your kind of cliche of a great writer and the problem with Bukowski was, if you wanted to say get in touch with Salinger, it wasn't that easy. Nobody knew where he lived. He was a recluse. He was notoriously private, but Bukowski was in the phone book. And okay. people would ring him up. People would knock on his door. And he seemed, excuse me, he seemed, uh, he seemed to think that was... Would he let them in? Yeah, oh God, yeah. yeah. And there's a whole, you know, you know, seven or eight poems about one incident, say, for instance, where he would let somebody in and then would all go haywire he would end up sleeping with the woman or if even if there was a man there the man would kind of say listen if you want to sleep with her it's okay you're Bukowski kind of thing. this is how it went it was <laughs> right. and he wrote a poem about it then there would have been serious so like the, that's a reason to that. go there to get a poem written about you <laughs> well yeah you know and that's that's what happened you know and then he would even write a poem about uh about the correspondence he would have received from say a lady or a man or somebody who turned up at his door and um, People thought if you turn up with a six pack, you'll get in, and that was quite often the case. And somebody would turn up with a six pack, and they would drink into into the, the early hours, and then Bukowski generally would say, "Hey, hang on, just get out." And there'd be <laughs> there could be a fist fight, and then that would eventually become a poem. And yeah. what would happen? What would happen then is the people who would come would get cranky that they were mentioned in an disparaging way in a poem. So they would then write to Bukowski or ring him and say, "Hey, that poem about that night we spent together. Yeah. Don't you dare write about that." And then he would write about that conversation in another poem. What, I mean, what did they expect? Oh, yeah, you know, I don't know. It was all, uh, it was, but that's, it, it was fascinating. He was writing about things that no other, yeah. forget about poetry, but not a whole lot of writing was done about that kind of, of, of lifestyle and that kind of life. And it's, yeah. I mean, he, I'm sure he was a awful person in so many ways, but it's interesting. To, I mean, there's probably more biographies of, of Hitler than than there is of, of Martin Luther King. And 
Yeah. You know, I think that says a lot. People are fascinated by incredibly yeah. odd and, and eccentric and wild and all yeah. these kind of characters, you know. Sounds like he's very interactive. It's a pre-social media. If you, if you had a Twitter yeah, account, yeah. you'd probably be oh, corresponding yeah. with everyone. Yeah, that's a fact, yeah. Um, I did like the, so a lot of the, the long titles he has. Mm. There's a couple here. Um, I think this is a poetry book, but Play the Piano Junk like a percussion instrument until the fingers begin to bleed a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or the captain is out to lunch and the sailors have taken over the ship. Yes, yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, they're brilliant, yeah, absolutely brilliant. I love the, the titles, yeah. And there's another one, um, and I'm, I'll get it wrong, you might have it there on your notes, but um, the, the, oh, what is it, the, the something... Runs away. Oh, the days run away yes. like wild horses over the hills. That's yeah, beautiful. that's another one I have, oh, which I thought was lovely. Yeah, that is. That's gorgeous. Yeah. That yeah. in itself, you just just have that as a quote. Oh, that's an, that's a feeling, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's just lovely, you know. Yeah. Mm. Um. So maybe we'll. You did mention post office there, but maybe we'll talk mm. a bit about that. Um. Mm-hmm. It's often chosen as his best book. Um, yeah, yeah. Or that people's favorite. Would it be your favorite? Do you think? Yeah, it probably is. Um. Possibly as well, because I think for me, it was my starting point and probably for a lot of people as well. And, you know, that's probably, I'd say, I don't know, a lot of people, certainly for me, I, 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 so many authors I love, but I always kind of remember the first book I read of that. It mightn't be the best, but it's the one that sticks. And um, Post Office would have been my first uh, Bukowski. And then I went ahead and gobbled up all of the, the rest of his there's a series, um, it starts with Ham and Rye, which just him as a boy, goes in, into post office and then it continues on. I think there's three more books, um, finishing with, with Hollywood, which is when he became kind of a, there was a few films made of his stories or his books and, and uh, he began to pal around or people like Mickey Rourke and Sean Penn would knock on his door instead of some dude from the canal, you know, like there yeah. was, the real big, big hitters were coming and he wrote about that, but, and then, you know, that was the very last novel he wrote, but um, yeah, it is. It's a masterpiece of a book, but again, it, like there's all these masterpieces and books spoken in hushed terms, like you know Dostoevsky and these kind of guys. But they're, they're fairly dense and they're difficult to get into, and that doesn't make them bad. But post office is incredibly accessible, and I think mm-hmm. every single person has had a job that they weren't happy in, and he really wasn't happy in the post office. So and he did actually work in the post office. So, yeah, for yeah. about 15 years, I think. Okay. Um, and it was 15 long years, and he, he hated the people, he hated the, the, the building, he hated everything about it, but he felt trapped there because it was a wage, and he knew that he wasn't really, he was at the wrong age to be hired somewhere else. He couldn't start at the bottom. He, he, it was the stability he kind of, that kept him there, and really he rebelled against it eventually to the point where he was essentially homeless and living on his wits for long, long periods, you know, but he mm. kept writing all that time to the point where all he had, he, he, he was surviving on a bar, a sort of a, a candy bar a day, as he would call them. And, and he had his typewriter mm. and his paper. And then eventually he had to pawn his typewriter and then he'd buy it back when he got a, a few acceptances for stories. Mm-hmm. And that's how he kind of existed for a long period, you know. And, yeah. But again, by choice, he, yeah. he stepped away from from the life he had, and he just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. But uh, he was a, a I read uh, a fan of um, Hunger by um, Nut Hansen or Hansen Nut. Oh yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Or do you say Knut? Yeah. Uh, 
where like about a sort of a starving writer. Um, yeah, yeah. So I wonder was he obviously it would be tough, but he's also sort of realizing he's gonna be getting like learning from this and oh, getting material absolutely. out of it. Yeah, and he he would have. I mean, people would have accused him of of engineering situations where he would get material and um, like he would literally he could pull down his pants in a in a at a, at a dance just so people would react and then he would write about it you know and he would i mean he was doing a reading um uh, and i think alan ginsburg was coming on after him and he, he made awful comments about alan ginsburg just to get a reaction yeah. from the crowd and then he would write about it you know and you, it's he, kind of he, performance art in a way maybe. i suppose <laughs> yeah he would hate that i'm being generous I would say, but yeah i mean <laughs> i think he would have definitely uh engineered situations even to the point of starving or seeing what it was like he he got to the point where he could wiggle his teeth in his mouth because he was so malnutrition malnourished and um again i know this because he wrote poems about it so it was all fodder for his 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 work you know and strange i mean there's another book about um you know paul oster he he wrote a book called the art of hunger and again you learn a lot about yourself when you're living meal to meal and it, yeah. it is a good stuff comes from yeah. it you know i mean yeah all art is pain or whatever but yeah he definitely because he definitely engineered yeah. situations to suit his writing yeah there's another um great book in that same vein and um, george orwell's down night down oh, and night yeah, in paris yeah. and london fantastic yeah, and um yeah. you've ever worked in a in the service industry um that's like it just bang on even though it's sash i think early 1900s or yeah yeah um it really captures it oh it's phenomenal yeah he was brilliant um so that uh what other book would you like to talk about that's um well it's hard to to pinpoint it was after yeah. i read the novels mm-hmm. and the post office would probably be the strongest i, I loved ham and rye as well the rest yeah. um there was women which would kind of documented his relationships yeah. which were uniformly volatile over decades i mean he he it was broken windows and screaming and fist fights and you name it it was yeah. but again car crash writing you can't take your eyes off it. you have to read it because yeah. you're reading it, you're going is this possible you know could somebody have gone through this degradation and he did and um fascinating books to read but after the the, the novels i went into the actually I, do you know i didn't i <laughs> i still couldn't face reading poetry so i took I probably didn't read a poem for 10 years and then so unusual because you you write poetry (laughs) yeah yeah no I I wouldn't it's just uh, yeah I just it seems there's a kind of a not elitist but it seems like it's written to be deciphered and I don't really think the onus should be on the reader all the time to you have to spend so much time with it and go back to it and yeah, um, I don't see. I mean, I think poem can have layers and depth, but I don't. I think top layer should be all right as well. You know, <laughs> you yeah. shouldn't have to dig too far to get to the good stuff. Yeah. Um, and now, if there's good stuff, layers underneath, that's all right too. But I, maybe it's going back to school and you, you go through a poem for a week in school and you're going over a line for a day and you're just, come on, you know, yeah. the, the music is lost, the, the, the soul is lost. Anyway, Bukowski himself. I couldn't stick. I read a poem or two and said, no, not for me. Mm-hmm. And then it was 10 years probably after that um, picked up a, a, another one of his poetry books purely out, out, mm-hmm. of, out of, I think I read Post Office again because oh, yeah. I missed his writing. And, and I just said, look, I have to give his poetry a shot because if yeah. I enjoy it, there's a 
eight billion poems yeah, out there. So <laughs> yeah, so I, I gave it a go. And I think what probably happened was the first time I tried to read his poetry was probably his earlier stuff. He wrote a, a chapel called a Crucifix in a Death Hand. And um, it, was, it was reissued by Penguin, uh, but it was horribly bad to me. Yeah. I just hated every word of it. And I, ne I never, I just couldn't understand how I could, how it would be possible to love his novel so much and hate his poetry so much. Yeah. But when I went must, back to the You think poetry, they're very different. Oh, they're incredibly different. Yeah. But th this would have been written, uh, would have been 20 years before his novel. So he was really only finding his feet. But, and it, it seemed to be he was trying to impress. That's what I always felt in those early yeah. poems. But um, yeah, when I went back to the poetry and I picked up a book, I just, just by coincidence um, or by luck, I picked up a book that was written in a, in much more, uh, like the style of post office and mm -hmm. I could even relate to some of the poems for the first time ever reading a poem yeah so it was then I decided to, to continue on with the poetry and then I've I think I've read every poem he's ever Why? written kind of thing since Why, yeah. but the uh, to pick out a, a favorite poetry book is difficult because uh, as, as you say he's so prolific but uh, he, he 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 wrote in batches yeah. And it's very clear, if you write, read a, a book of Bukowski poetry, you're getting a period of, his t of time in his life where it's, it's, you can pinpoint it. It could be after he, he was sort of very sick with, with say, pneumonia or he, he had, you know, his daughter had been yeah. born or he was living with a particular woman. There was another, a previous Linda. Um, and Two Lindas. Yeah, and the first one, again, they were, they would, you know, they were probably happy in, in parts, but they were extremely volatile times. And I think they were together for three years, but there would have been maybe two or three volumes of poetry released after about those, you know, that time. So to pinpoint a poetry book, you're, you're, you're really better off pinpointing a period yeah, of his like writing. His diaries. He wrote, yeah. yeah, he literally wrote day to day. What happened? Like if the milkman came and broke a bottle of milk, you know, he would write a poem about it. And somehow it was fascinating to read yeah. because it was, everything was relatable. He had a very, very easy to read style, but yet there was a, a, a lot underneath the surface yeah. and a lot of stuff about the passing of time, and which I think is in nearly all poems. But he, he put it in very, very simple terms, you know, and it, it, because of that, it felt I, I've never read a poet or I've never read a poem that had kind of a physical, like, it's a good punch, you know, he, he, yeah. his poems would. They'd make you stop and yeah. think. And most times I read poems and sometimes they're beautiful, but they're mm. gone as soon as I stop reading them. And I don't feel anything from them. Mm. But with his, I did and do. And I think that's what, what separates him. So in terms of picking a book beyond his novels, really you're picking a period of time in his poetry. Mm -hmm. And I would argue maybe the last 10, 15 years, were, were, mm -hmm. there was happiness there, which yeah. wasn't in his previous poetry yeah. and that that came out i thought that was nice yeah because you know? he had um a tough childhood didn't he so mm. well he wrote about that i don't know if, yeah he would have written um, about it in ham and rye yeah especially yeah um so he obviously had stuff to deal with mm. um throughout his life would you have a, a favorite line or a favorite quote <laughs> um well oh, there's a few yeah from your favorite period um, yeah <laughs> although the i don't know where um Sorry, I put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually terrible at, at, at lines and quotes and stuff, but the, he, he would have some 
I mean, there's, I had a T-shirt at one point with a, with a line that I actually can't remember. <laughs> but um, he had, a, there's a famous um, quote from him or a, a famous line uh, that, and it's, it's associated with him and it's associated with that kind of whole slacker movement where he willfully stepped away from employment. He, he lived off the state to a point. Um, he lived off people's good wish or good uh, nature sometimes. Um, but there's a, and, and people would see that they would think he was lazy, a dropout, a bum, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a famous, uh, he's associated with the phrase, don't try. Okay. Um, and I, I think it might be even on his gravestone. Uh, okay. But everybody associates that phrase with don't try, just, just give up. What's the point? And, yeah. and, and it's kind of celebrated as this kind of the ultimate slacker yeah. kind of slogan, which is what's the point? Just it's like the opposite of Beckett. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but really, the, it's actually a shortened quote, and I actually can't remember the full quote, but it is something about um, it's, it's don't try, do. And the whole, his whole point was, you shouldn't have to try it. Trying means you yeah. could fail. Just do it. It's yeah. really, he was ahead of Nike or whatever, but yeah. it's really, he, he, he maintained, just do it. Don't yeah. say you're going to try. And he hated writers who said, I'm going to write a novel or yeah. I'm going to write a poem. He hated those people. And he hated those people who, who said, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to submit it. I'm going to publish it as soon as I revise it as soon. And he would argue, don't try, don't yeah. say you're going to do something, do it. Yeah. And it was actually the opposite of the slacker movement. Oh, that, okay. that, yeah. But it's a great phrase. It, 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 I, think, I think it is on his grave, uh, his tombstone, which um, uh, people, people mightn't know. Um, but there, he has had some brilliant like, phrases, yeah. Or we some all quotes. have that in us where we like, we want to do things and we're kind of aspirational about it. And you, you feel bad when you keep saying you want to do these things. Yeah, like yeah. you want to, you know, for me, like learn French and that kind of thing. And, and oh, you just feel like, like yeah. 10 years later, you're, you're still not yeah, speaking yeah. French. Bonjour, yeah, yeah, bonjour, <laughs> yeah. That's as far as we've gone. Yeah, um, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, even that's the whole idea with them. Um, you know, I write, you know, as you say, poems or whatever. I mean, everybody's supposed to have a novel in them. I couldn't be, it's too, it's too much work. Yeah. So the poems are small. <laughs> that's, that's it. But yeah. if Bukowski go bananas, because... You know, you say yeah. you want to write a novel, but you don't do it. Yeah. I mean, just do, just write, you know, if I had a bit more, or yeah. bit more of his attitude, I probably would write a novel and less of a slacker kind of attitude, I, you know, yeah. probably ease off the poetry, you know. Because he did do that, didn't he, with, um, was it, was his first book, Post Office? His first novel. His first novel, uh, yeah. I think so, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Because um, he just, he wrote that very quickly. Um, I think 13 days, yeah. something like that, yeah, which is pretty, pretty fast, yeah. So. He is living yeah, what he preaches. But, but if you read it, Hayley, it, it, it reads like that. And I mean yeah. that in a really positive sense. Yeah. It reads like a conversation nearly, like he's having with you. It's, there's no, it's not studied. It's not, you're not kind of, it's not, there's no cumbersome. It reads, there, there's a, an, a flow. You can see that it was written quickly and not because it's higgly piggly and, and full of grammatical errors, but yeah. purely because. Um, like he was a craftsman in his own way. It just seemed to come quite easy to him. But the flow of post office, it's so, it's addictive. It yeah. Really, I think I read it in, in one or two sittings. Like it was, it's, it, it's easy yeah. in, in, the, in the best way. It's yeah. easy, but it's not, it's not going, it's not like fluff. Yeah. It's, it's full of heart and, and, and venom and pain. And it's all going into you, but it's going in easily. It's not a bitter pill to swallow. Whereas 
some other books that took, I mean, you know, uh, the great novels that took seven, eight, ten years. And it shows in, in mm. how brilliantly they're crafted and how amazing some of the, the, the wordplay is and the, and the amazing um, descriptions and powerful images and whatever. Yeah. But I remember them a hell of a lot less than I do Bukowski yeah. stuff. And I suppose that's why I'm a, I, I really enjoy his writing. You know? Yeah, it sounds great. And I think there's some people read a lot of, um, like we were talking earlier about thrillers and mm. it, when you just want to switch off, if, you can't, if it's accessible. Yeah. Um, that's great. Yeah. My age. <laughs> yeah. But I really strongly don't think that something, people I think uh, see that an accessible novel or poem is less important. Mm. And I, I, I massively disagree with that. And I think, you know, yeah. accessibility doesn't necessarily mean lack of meaning or, yeah. or a superficial type of writing. It's not like a, a puff piece in a magazine. Yeah. It's, it might be accessible, but there's a hell of a lot going on. And it shouldn't be cheapened by the fact that it's accessible. Yeah. It should be celebrated, I would yeah. say. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to be. I, I think, you know, if somebody it? says the sky is blue. Yeah. They don't get a big round of applause, but if somebody yeah. says, you know, the sky is, and it, three paragraphs later, the sky is still blue, but it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's a different, you know, it's, it's a whole long-winded way of getting there. Well, there's a, I don't know. There's a quote, I don't know who said it, um, academics say, um, simple things in a, in a complicated yeah, yeah, way, yeah. and artists say, um, complicated things in a simple way so. <laughs> you know i don't know who originated that quote right but i actually up until right this second thought it was bukowski genuinely oh really he yeah. mentions it does he frequently maybe yeah. that's where i saw it just like in my research <laughs> yeah. says, oh, he's so many quotes yeah, uh, yeah, yeah yeah he says um uh, uh a good writer can write something in a, a complicated way a genius can write something in a simple way or a complicated thing in a simple way yeah and uh yeah, I think he's right. Like, yeah, you know, so he was, he was he's talking about himself, calling himself a genius. <laughs> but it well, is, but it is, it's hard. A genius, yeah. <laughs> okay, so he's not. <laughs> um, so maybe to sum him up, um, I might read one of uh, your poem that you wrote, that you kindly shared with me. Um, and forgive me if, if I get the cadence and everything. Oh, you'll get it right. <laughs> you'll get it better than I would. No, don't worry. Okay, so it's called Chinaski. So that's his, his ego, character. Yeah, yeah. I imagine him at the end of his life, old as sin, covered in cat hair, the room stained with red wine, beer, cigarette ash, and his own self, bent over the typewriter, a human question mark, with all the answers, hammering the keys at the beginning of night, while the sun burned in him and keeps burning still. That's very lovely. That's perfect. Yeah, thank that's you. better than I would have done. Yeah, <laughs> thanks a million, Haley. Um, so thank you for for talking to me today. Um, that was great. He's, he sounds like a very interesting character, and I'm definitely gonna start with post office. That post office is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, hopefully you don't relate to it at all, but <laughs> most people do. Yeah. Well, I have had jobs like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not this um, one. <laughs> no, of course not. No. Thanks yeah. a lot. Thanks very much, Haley. Thank you. <laughs>